It's Fan Friday. We are joined here from James from Offside Talk. We're going to talk some Leafs offseason, some free agents that we might have on our radar, and other news and notes from around the NHL. This is the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morrissey from Sportsnet. Joined today on a special edition, I'm calling it Fan Friday. I mean, this is more than a, a fan. He's also the one who has his own show, Offside Talk. He's had me on a couple of times. So I thought I had to return a favor and had James on Talk a Little Leafs. So thank you, James, for coming and joining with us. No problem. I appreciate jumping on. And yeah. I love having you on as well, man. You're very insightful when it comes to the Maple Leafs. So. And I listen every day, so this is kind of weird to be on the other side of things. Yeah, he is one of our everydayers, and we always thank our folks our folks who join us every day because you can get this podcast every day, wherever you get your podcast from. So make sure you're subscribed, wherever you get your podcast from, and make sure you're following us on YouTube each and every day. You'll get that least content just like James does. He is a loyal fault. Fo- I know he does because he messages me. Uh I'm always always positive, always positive. So, the, if you're positive about the show, you get to come on the show. That's the new rule now. If you want to come on the podcast, <laughs> you're gonna have a long lineup now, man. I know exactly. Hey, if there are fans that want to come on, I I have no problem with that. You know, it's something that the Locked On Senators podcast actually does. So we might have to we might have to steal their gig a little bit there because we do have a more passionate fan base than the Senators. They're they got a really good following over there at Locked On Centers. I want to show them that ours is just as good. So, James, you're you're the you're the te- I wouldn't say the test dummy because you're you're the guinea pig to this whole thing. All right, no problem, no problem. Let's go, let's go. So, James, we've had a you know an interesting off season, but one that's come very similar in terms of similar storylines for the Leafs. Another off se- another season where they don't meet the expectation of getting past. They got past first round. Second round, apparently that's another challenge in of itself. And now we have the same old conversations again, how to at least fix themselves. And once again, we're in that turnstile of trying to figure out a contract for the big guys. Austin Matthews, Will and Yander being obviously the first two up, Mitch Marner next uh, up. And of course, Willie has been the center of attention the last few weeks because we've heard a little bit more about, you know, potentially his negotiation not going as well. We haven't heard too much about the Matthews camp. And if you listen to yesterday's episode, I debated whether it made more sense for the Leafs to do Matthews first, you know, try to see if you can get that one done. Then maybe the other ones might get a little easier. You set the tone with Matthews and everyone kind of also falls in line. Do you follow that thinking or are you of a different opinion? Um, I think both guys are waiting for each other to sign, to be honest with you, when it comes to Matthews and Nylander. But, um, I mean, for whatever reason, the sense of comfort that the Toronto Maple Leafs seem to have with Austin Matthews and knowing that I guess they have a deal or something done with him, it doesn't seem like there's a an urgent matter at hand there. No one's really talking about how that is. So, for me, I think it is get William Nylander done, and then you know exactly where you can fall with Austin Matthews. And I'll say this, 
a lot of people are forgetting that they are under contract for next year. There's so many people that are freaking out saying, well, you know, we're going to pay these guys next year and how are we going to fit the cap? Well, guys, they're under contract for one more year. Remember that. And also, the cap is supposed to go up. So, I mean, if you're giving raises, factor that in and do what you used to do before the pandemic hit when we were looking at guys' contracts and projecting them out and saying, well, if you sign a guy to $7 million now, that's going to look like a steal in five years because the cap is going to go up $15 million. So you look at William Nylander, you sign him to nine and a half, which I know a lot of people just clutch their pearls, and you sign him to that deal or $10 million per se, whatever, the cap's going to go up five, 10, $15 million throughout the lifetime of his deal. And if he's scoring 40 goals every single season, it might end up looking like a good deal when the cap is 104, $110 million. And William Nylander signed to 10, scoring 40 goals when new guys come in and set a higher bar, which we know they will. Well, and and that's the thing too, is right, right now the cap structure is tough because you still got John Tavares making you know, his, his money as well, mm-hmm. his $11 million, but that's for the next two seasons. So maybe the plan is get by the next two seasons. So we know John Tavares ain't going to be an $11 million player on his next deal. No. But the question here is when you give Nylander a raise, you give Austin Matthews a raise, then that means Mitch Marner needs his raise. And then kind of that, that estimated cap increase then shortens a little bit because everyone gets more of that slice of the pie as well. It's true, but at the same time, you look at what we just talked about. So Mitchie's doing, what, two years? Yeah. So John Tavares' number is done in two years. Mm-hmm. So if you re-sign John Tavares, just say it's $6.97 million. You know, because you know he's not going to be an $11 million guy. He's not an $8 million guy. And in two more years, he'll slow down that much more. You'll have that money in your pocket from that deal to offer to Mitch Marner. Which again, also the cap will have gone up. What that'll be three seasons of cap going up. So maybe about let's just go on the lower end of things. Say twelve million dollars, the cap goes up. It's it's not going to be that bad of a thing. And I mean, we talked about it with you on our show about how next year's cap raise. You give Austin three, you give Willie two, which brings Willie to nine, and it brings uh, Austin up to what I think it was thirteen point something. And there's your cap raise. The players are paid. Everybody theoretically should be happy, but we know New- William Nylander's not. So, yeah, and and that's the thing. It, it's almost like the animosity potentially could go there too, right? There's, mm-hmm. I we haven't heard that yet, but you can imagine that. You know, if people are talking about, oh, Nylander's getting paid this, it seems like a sweetheart compared to what Marner and Matthews got. We haven't heard that animosity, but I wonder if that could be a factor too that the Leafs have to watch out here. Well, you don't want to cause any tension in the room. You don't. Mm -hmm. And for all the stories that have come out this offseason about clickiness and guys kind of hiding in their hotel rooms during playoff runs and not really hanging out with one another, that could be another wedge divided between guys. You know, this guy took a softer deal. This guy took all the money. You know, those kind of things. Um, Listen, at the end of the day, I think they're going to pay William Nylander. They did last time. I don't think they're going to pay him 10, but I think – in any negotiation, you come in on the high end as a person asking, as a person offering, you come in on a lower end. And what do you usually do? You close the gap. Sometimes it takes a lot longer. 
I think they'll figure it out. And if you're looking at trying to save face the next two years with the John Tavares deal there, I mean, what can you do? You can say, hey, we'll give you it at this AAV for the first two years, and then we go up from there. And the Leafs are beautiful in doing their contracts because they can offer that beautiful signing bonus. Here you go, Willie. On year three, big splash. At what point do you get maybe concerned that we haven't had any traction on a deal between Matthews and Nylander? I'd say training camp. Because what happened when we had the Babcock storyline, the Mitch Marner storyline, the William Nylander storyline from before, when these guys didn't sign? It was a dark cloud, and it was all anybody talked about on any sports show anywhere. I mean, Nick Kiprios, for crying out loud, had a countdown clock that he was ready to ring the buzzer. You remember that? When he was ready to ring that bell when Nylander didn't sign. So we know how big these things come. And sorry to say to any other fan base, but for the Leafs, they are the most heavily covered team in the NHL. So a story like that for two big players, not just one, it would be the biggest, darkest, stormiest cloud that you could imagine. And it would dog this team and it would dog the improvements they tried to make this offseason. Yeah, and the Leafs did make some improvements this offseason. No, some people might think otherwise, but they did make some moves this offseason. We're going to discuss a couple of those. We're also going to wonder, is there more that could be done? Are there other players that might be on the radar for the Leafs this offseason? We're going to do that on the other side. Uh, this is the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's Locked On Leafs is brought to you by a product that I use every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1 because with one delicious scoop and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This supports also your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery focus, all of those things. And we know that it can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple supplements and vitamins not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach but that's why ag1 costs you less than three dollars a day you're investing in your health and is cheaper than your cold brew habit so if you want a comprehensive solution then go over to ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free ag1 packs with your first purchase go to drinkag1.com slash nhl network that's drinkag1.com slash nhl network Check it out today. Welcome back to the Locked On These podcast. David Morsuti here with my friend James from Offside Talk. James, I always like joining your show because we can kind of, I call it like shoot the shit almost. Right? Yep. We're, just, we're just, it's a nice little, you know, light conversation. It can get heavy at times. We can get really deep into it. And I want to now get into a little bit of a deeper note here. First, I want to ask you, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you since all the signings were made. Yep. If you were to give me your favorite signing from the Leafs offseason so far, which one would it be? Um, we got Caulfield today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a Marley's. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, for me, it has to be. It has to be a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, the reason why I say that is everybody was kind of sweating the fact that we were losing Michael Bunting a guy that we didn't have for a while. I call him Darcy Tucker late last year to fanfare and to a lot of people calling me crazy, but he did have the reputation for barking and trying to scrum it up and do those things to drag guys into the fight. 
Bertuzzi does that tenfold, but he'll also back it up. So I love that. I love that signing. That's my favorite one. And I love what Elliot Friedman reported that apparently Bertuzzi wanted a long-term deal, but the Leafs didn't do it. Same thing with Domi. So I'm excited to see what happens on January 1st. Maybe there's two other contracts that are doled out here. Yeah, I mean, we're looking, I'm looking right now at the cap friendly free agent page. We're not seeing, you know, the high value top and echelon of free agents available right now. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got, I, 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 I was kind of breaking this down with a friend of mine saying, you know, you got David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron, but we know that if they're coming back, they're going to Boston. Yeah. They, they ain't coming to Toronto. Um, you know, Tarasenko looks like he's looking for a multi-year deal from a team like an Ottawa or Carolina a team that's got some room, but also has that need for a top six winger. The Leafs, they're they're tapped out right now and going after those top six guys. But do you feel like there's something out there potentially for the Leafs to look at, whether it's a guy that is looking for a rebound year, a guy that's, you know, maybe looking to come home, play at home, or maybe a guy that wants a PTO, they're willing to take a PTO because the Leafs might have to do that like they did with Zach Aston Reese last year. Well, I look at it like this and I say, there's a guy named Matt Dumba out there. And apparently Arizona may be saving him a nice warm seat uh, to play in the, uh, the Mullet Arena. But if you look at it like this and say, hmm, are we able to move off of TJ Brody and send him somewhere, maybe with Jake Muzzin, um, they did get that LTIR money out of here, uh, figure it out to get free up this cap space naturally. So you can be more close abutted to that cap. And if you use Matt Murray, then you're able to go over differently, um, make it look different. But I say this because Dumba versus Brody. What does Brody bring offensively that Dumba can bring a little bit more of? I know he had a down year last year, but he still plays over 20 minutes a night. He's still a guy that will block shots. He's, from what I hear, a great teammate. But you look at TJ Brody, okay? Everybody said last year he lost a step. So Matt Dumba would have better foot speed. Would be a guy that may not be the TJ Brody guy that you pair with everyone to kind of calm them down. But he may have some of those attributes that can rub off and be able to play. He plays more physical game than Brody. So those things you look at and say, okay, he's younger. Maybe you bring him in on a cheaper deal. So you save cap space there. You can insulate that deal further if you have that space to bring in another UFA-type defenseman or just have cap flexibility, something the Leafs haven't really had, especially heading towards a deadline. If you bring in Dumbo, say, on a one-year show-me-type deal, $3 million, you just ship Brody out, you save two mil. That, to me, seems like something that could really work. And I'll give full credit to my friend, Clark Monroe for bringing that up and kind of showing my eyes something new that I wasn't looking at, but everybody's kind of down on Brody. I love him. Me and you have talked a lot about the TJ Brody stuff, but again, when foot speed is paramount and that's what the Leafs were trying to do this off season with Klingberg, maybe Matt Dumba's the way. And the one thing with Dumba, we know the Leafs circled around him, right? Mm-hmm. When free agency started, Ellie Freeman did say that, you know, guys like Dumba, Oliver Ekman Larson were guys that the Leafs were looking at. My only thing about Dumba is I feel like uh, True Living is looking for someone with a little more size. Dumba isn't small. He's not big either. 
right? So I wonder if he doesn't fit that criteria that Trey Living is looking for. We all know, we've all heard TJ Brody. Like, the TJ Brody stuff was always interesting to me because I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. But it also maybe speaks to, like, Trey Living has a thing about TJ Brody, too. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't bring him back uh, to Calgary when he was free agent. Obviously, he also had the enticement of going to Toronto and things like that. So maybe that also played a factor too in, uh, you know, in why he didn't come here. But yeah, I think with Dumba, it all depends on what he's looking for, right? Does he is he looking for a a deal where you know it's a one year show me deal, but also one where he's going to get the best look, right? You know, we, mm-hmm. we brought up Arizona because they could play him in that top echelon role. He could potentially get traded at the deadline, and of course, you know, that would help. Uh, that would help him, you know, for next year going into next year as well. But you know, like the Leafs are clearly not going long term with anyone else. No, right? they they've made that very clear when with you know Domi and Bertuzzi, we can we can't give long term deals. The guys making a certain amount, like Ryan Reeves making one point three, like it's not that bad. It's 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 a contract that you can bury if needed. You can't bury those other ones, right? So, I think that's something that has to um, that has to be something to, to look at as well. There, uh, in terms of you know fit and and style of play, like I think I think Dumba. I've always liked Dumba. You know, he played with Morgan Riley back in the World Championships not too long ago. So I think they're, I think they're you know that's something with someone with chemistry can play the right side. I think the right side of the defense is the one that the Leafs really need to find a way to improve if they can. But um, yeah, I, I brought up a name, you know, when we were looking at our free agent rankings and he's still yep. out there and that's Jonathan Taves. Now I listened to the locked on block uh, Blackhawks podcast. Actually it was yesterday. Um, they had an episode where literally they gave an, an update on the fact that, you know, he might not actually be looking to play next year. He might be like, he has had like Jonathan Taze has had a very rough couple of years health wise. Yep. And so I I can see why he hasn't signed yet. I think he's just waiting to see can he actually do this again? Can he actually go through another season? And I can I can understand why maybe that hasn't uh happened where you haven't seen uh a seen a player like like Tave sign. We know that Patrick Kane is gonna wait until probably so closer to when he's healthy to make a decision on what he wants to do. I think he has time on his side. He's not going to look to make a lot of money there. I don't think the Leafs are going to be on a John on a Patrick Kane just because I don't think the fit is there. And I don't think the type like he's the type of player the Leafs need, right? To me, they need one of two things. They need a kind of bolster. I think offensively the bottom six, if they feel like they just don't have enough there with their, with their guys from the Marlies. So that's something to consider there. I still think they're the they need to find size on that blue line. Unfortunately, I'm not seeing many options out there to really bolster that blue line, and that's that's gonna be a pro, like that's the problem with not getting some of the guys who were targeted early. Unfortunately, the Leafs just couldn't do some of these deals that were being handed out. Like, like uh, I think we brought up like a, a guy like Ryan Graves went went for like he got a long term deal. Mm-hmm. See, and I'm like, who in the world would give a long term deal to him? Carson Soucy was one that I saw. He got three years, and apparently he was another one the Leafs were 
interested in getting as well. And they just couldn't find a deal there. Now Graves, um, this is like, you know, my uncle told my boss that works in a mechanic shop that this is going to happen. <laughs> Apparently it was, you know, between the team he signed with and the Maple Leafs, uh, the Leafs were not at, not willing to go term. That was the problem. Uh, otherwise, we might have might have had the gravy train here in Toronto. Um, it was the same money that I was told, and it just went for a longer AAV. So that sucks because that is a guy that I would really would have loved. A guy that was just kind of a heart and soul kind of dude. I'll ask you this question. I'll flip it on you. Mm-hmm. If you can't get a guy via UFA, which there isn't very many, to be honest with you, yeah. who do you go trade for? And who is it? I mean, the name Brett Pashy keeps coming out. Um, you know, and that's linked to William Nylander. Are you willing to give up something from your, what's your strength, your top six in hopes that maybe you hit on a nice or someone else that really can fill that void or Robertson finally popping off and you swing Nylander in a deal to get a good bona fide defenseman, or is there another deal to be had? Like, I, you know, Pesci's a name where I think the reason is when, when Carolina signed Orlov, that deal that that kind of signal signified a little bit that you know they they're that's they see orlov as that next guy and and they're also in on potentially eric carlson although i feel like they make it they might get outbid by the uh the penguins potentially but if let's say they go and get carlson like where does that leave brett pesci right they Mm -hmm. only really have to make room for eric carlson but also just where are they going to play him right so I do see that as a potential name, you know, people, I know somebody had brought up Noah Hannafin, but I just don't think he's going to sign an extension in Canada. He's looks like no. another one of those that wants to go and play. The other name is Zadorov. Yeah. Zadorov was, I was just about to say Zadorov seems like one just because he's got, he is that prototypical big size mean to play against. He is like that guy that Brad living, you know, pointed out. I also heard names like, you know, like, you know, do you, do you bring in like a, a, a fan favorite, like, you know, a potential fan favorite and Ontario guy in like a Bertuzzo? I heard Alberga bring up his name. Like, I, I do think that they're going to want someone with that mean streak and, and they're, they're going to be playing on the third pairing, likely third pairing guy. I think Zadar would probably be the better target in terms of he's one year left, 3.75. So that's not too expensive. And I think he brings that nastiness that I think the sleeves defense lost when they lost when Luke Shen left. You're kind of replacing Luke Shen, but maybe getting someone obviously clearly younger. He is 28, Zadorov. And, Pre- and Pesci is also 28. Yep. Uh, so I think Pesci and Zadorov would be the two that I'm kind of looking at. Pesci because I think you can get him signed to an extension and one that would obviously be cheap. Not like two. He's making four, just over four right now. I can't see him commanding that much more. He's not a big offensive guy. He's purely defensive. Um, I, I I think also the if let's say Carolina strikes out on Tarasenko, they strike out on Carlson. Nylander could be their next target, mm-hmm. right? And so I think Pesci and Zadorov are the two guys for me. I would definitely, I would lean more towards Adorov because it's not going to cost you as much to acquire and it won't cost you as much contract wise. 
if you do want to end up extending him eventually whenever his deal is done. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one thing that I would look at as well. Because obviously the Leafs are very, especially right now, I guess with Trevillian being new, wanting to make sure that as he came into his introductory conference, he said having superstar players is something every team wants to have and the Leafs have them. So obviously he's setting himself up here with free agency and all of those other things to be able to have the most money allotted to give these guys the money they're looking for. It's a smart plan. One the Leafs did not have when the pandemic hit, unfortunately. And, and it, it's, you know what? If the Leafs were able to, it, let's say Nylander would be interested in signing with a team like Calgary. Cause Calgary now, you know, with all the guys <laughs> looking to leave, Exodus. If they could have convinced Kadri that you know to go and sign out in in Calgary to a deal that maybe Calgary is more willing to pay, and you say to Calgary, you know what, we'll, we'll take we'll take a guy like you know Elias Lindholm, who we know it's not going well there when it comes to signing an extension. It doesn't seem like things have really budged in terms of not just like a contract that what that the Flames are willing to sign to. Him just even being willing to sign there, right? So that's another guy they could potentially. We already saw them try it out Tyler Toffoli because he's like, I ain't sticking around. No, Lindholm seems to be in that same boat. Mike Mikhail Backlund seems like he's in that same boat. Could you potentially see a deal where Zadorov and Lindholm come to Toronto and Nylander's a part of that package going the other way? See, now that is like very enticing, but obviously, you know, the Maple Leafs would have to. There probably would have to be an ad on their side. Oh, yeah. So it would be Nylander. Would I you finally cave in on Robertson? Rob, I was going to say Robertson would be a guy I think you'd have to include in there. Maybe Toppy Nemela as a prospect. And and I think even forwards. Like the, the Flames don't really have a bunch of forwards right now. I mean, they can go and bring up some younger guys. You can uh, throw in a Bobby McMahon, someone who can go in your lineup and play right away, mm-hmm. or an Alex Steves. Just guys who aren't getting opportunities here. That may thrive in a new system and having an opportunity is one way you can pitch it. As far as draft picks, I mean, I don't think the Leafs want to keep doling out their picks either because I think in what they have a first rounder next year, but no second rounder for a long while. They don't have a first rounder in 2025, I believe. That's already gone. So you start looking at, okay, what can we do for picks? And it's like, hmm, eventually teams do need to restock their cupboards and we see in this draft we had three picks and you know you're really hoping hoping that you know they hit so yeah i would say it's going to be a prospect laden deal probably guys that are on the cusp of the nhl around william nylander and probably nicky robertson yeah so Leafs will i think yeah the trade route if the Leafs do want to make any improvements Seems like that's where it's going to be. And I know we know Brad Living is not well, he's not shy about making a deal if he feels like it's going to make his team better and there's a certain guy he wants to go and get. Would you would you look at a guy like Tanov out of Calgary? He's got a year left on his deal. He's a UFA in 24-25. Um, he's a heart and soul guy. He can, if you play him on your bottom pair, then you're not running him out there for heavy minutes. But he would be a guy that would block shots. We all know what he is in the locker room. Everybody loves him because he leaves it out there on the ice with everything that he does. I know injuries are a factor with him, but if you can load manage him a little bit in Toronto with a guy, maybe he doesn't play some games or whatever it is, you bring him in, but you you have that guy 
that literally is your Luke Shen replacement that can hit, block shots, clear the front of the net, and do those physical kind of things you want. And he's still got he's under contract for the next year. Yeah, I see the only issue I have with Tanev is injury concerns. Yeah. Other than that, play play hasn't really been his issue. He's been a great defensive uh, player. When he played a full season with Calgary two years ago, he was, as again, a heart and soul of that defense. He was one of their more important defensive defensemen. So, yeah, that's something to consider, too. You know, Calgary might decide they need someone with a little more that's going to play more for them if they don't want to yeah. move the door off. Tanev could be the other guy they look for. He's a Toronto native. I know that he has a modified no trade clause. I can't see them not wanting to come to Toronto. You know, he's doesn't seem like that type of guy that's like against the spotlight because he wouldn't be in that spotlight. And he's a, uh, from what I believe, a right-handed shot defenseman. Yeah. So that right side checks that other box right there too. So yeah, he, yeah, there are certainly guys that could check the box a lot for the Leafs. So. Uh, we'll end that conversation there. Uh, we do have some. We do want to talk a little bit more about around the NHL, other things that are going on, things we like, things we might not like, and maybe some potential ideas we want to see the NHL look to adopt. At least I got some ideas. We'll see if James has some other <laughs> ideas on the other side here. This is the Locked On These Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome. We. I want to welcome you all back to the Locked On These Podcast with Mike not here. I've decided to bring people on. Uh, James was one of the more willing guys to come on. He actually put out a little feeler that says, if you ever need one, someone, let me know. If you do that, if you throw out that hook, if you're going to throw that out, I'm going to reel you in. Uh, so you definitely, uh, it's always nice to get people on. I like to have two people on. These solo shows do get tough. I do feel like I ramble sometimes when I'm having a solo show. So I do appreciate uh, that James is here. He is an everydayer. He can say, I'm an everyday locked on Leafs listener. So he, that was the first criteria to come onto the podcast. You got to know what this show is about. Got to know how we do things. And James certainly does know how we do things. So this is where we get a little, you know, we get a free, I call this the freestyle, freestyle part where we get to kind of talk about different things, not just Leafs related, but around the NHL. And there's been a lot going on in the NHL deals, guys who are still waiting to be moved, guys who are, potentially still waiting for deals other than on the lease or other players still waiting to get contracts done. What's you're a, you're what, kidding. There's other guys. Yeah. It's not just the Leafs. Apparently wow. there's other teams in the NHL that have these similar issues that the Leafs have. They just apparently just <laughs> Toronto is the only team that has, you know, that gets talked about. I don't know, but <laughs> what's the storyline that you've been following from the summer, you know, whether it's a move that was made or something that was done that really caught your eye. Uh, or that's had your attention. You know, for me, one is the Eric Carlson thing because it, it's starting to remind me of like the Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, you know, um, why is his name drawing a blank? He just went to Ottawa. The other defenseman from Arizona took oh, forever to trade. There you go. Chickering. Yep. I see now he's out of the news cycle. His name is not there anymore, not prevalent. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that everybody is following, waiting for the conclusion. What's it going to be? It finally seems like that they understand they're going to have to go up to at least 40% cap retained on them to be able to make this move happen, maybe even higher. And that's what I'm following because I want to see it come to a conclusion. I just don't think the Eric Carlson you're getting 
Yes, he won the Norris. Yes, he had a lot of points. He was also a very big dash as well, which is not a stat everybody goes with. But another thing, he's got a bionic ankle, I think it is. He gets turnstiled to one side. They showed a highlight clip on it. So you'd have to insulate him heavily if you want him to be more defensive sound. But I want to see where he goes. If he goes to Pittsburgh, does it blow up in Dubas's face? If he goes to Carolina, what do they have to move out? Because it means that team is going to have to make subsequent moves to make this work. Not only to get the trade done, but probably get the player to fit into their cap system. So that is one thing I'm following. And then the other one's Nashville. What is Nashville doing? Nashville just decided to say, Barry Trotz, hit the buzzer. We're, we're going to keep going. We got Ryan O'Reilly. We're bringing in Luke Shen. We're making this happen. And I'm just like, what? I thought you guys were selling. Like, what's going on here? Ekholm went out the door. Johansson went out the door. Duchesne got bought out. I'm just like, thought this team was going the other way. But apparently not. So that one really is intriguing to me, and I want to see how that unfolds. Yeah, the, the Nashville's been the more yeah when they when they went when I saw that it was uh, O'Reilly and Shen deciding to go to Nashville. I'm just like, what? Why would Nashville do this? Um, and I guess to me, it's like when you have a UC Soros in net, you can't yeah. tank with that guy in net. Unfortunately, you're gonna well, try. He was to- in rumors too. Like that's yeah. what I mean. Even he was like popping up everywhere that he might get moved. So that's where it was really like for me, like whoa, okay, let's go, guys. Yeah. It just seems like Barry Trotz is he's got to watch and make sure that this team doesn't get into that dreaded in between spot where mm. they're, they're not bad enough to be a lottery team, but they're not good enough to be a playoff team. Like that doesn't that roster, if you look at this roster right now, it does not scream playoff ready. Like I'll give you, I'll give them this. The blue line isn't terrible. It is, I've seen a lot. Worst blue lines, but that forward group, like they just signed Dennis Gurianov mm-hmm. to, I don't know, maybe be a goal scorer for them. But like Ryan O'Reilly is their top paid forward right now. They are paying, I think they're probably paying more money to almost eat, actually, almost equal to ha- not have Johansson. And actually, actually, if you look at it, uh, they have so much money in dead cap and buyouts. So I think it's like close to, Nine million over nine million dollars, and guys not playing them between Duchesne, uh, Kyle Turris. If you remember that one, he's oh yeah. two million dollars each year until 2028. Matthias Ekholm, they actually retain salary for the next three years on that deal, and also obviously Johansson. Like, they're they got a lot of money dead that cap, they can't man. use right now because they made those deals. So it's just like they. I, I don't know what they're relying on, really. Obviously, Philip Forsberg will come back and he'll, you know, be that star for them. But it's it's just not enough, in my opinion. No, it's not. It's not enough for me. That's why I said it's such a head scratcher. And then, listen, I love Luke Shen. I'm a big Luke Shen fan. It was one of the first jerseys I've ever bought my own money. I was like, yeah, I'm getting a Luke Shen jersey when he was drafted. Really excited for the guy to come to the Leafs and happy he came back for a second tour of duty. But the contract. It was like, whoa. Like, we were thinking, hey, maybe we get Luke Shen at 1.25, 1.5, you know, chuck him the extra couple of years for security. But he got the, he got, 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 got a bag for the contracts he's been signing, right? So you look at that and you're like, wow, Nashville just, I don't, I didn't, I just didn't get it. So now I'm really curious to watch their season unfold. Yes, with UC Saros and that, you never, and Roman Yossi, 
you don't quit out on those guys. Philip Forsberg, of course. And, of course, you're still going to root for Ryan O'Reilly to do decent, even though, you know, he didn't like playing in Toronto, quote-unquote, maybe too much pressure, too much media, too much everything. But, yeah, that's my story, man. I can't I can't wait to see what happens there because it could really go well or it could really blow up on Barry Trotz. And we all know how proud Barry Trotz is. And he won't let things go sideways for too long. Yeah, and I, I think a big one here for me, and uh, I, I've been watching, you know, if, with nothing going on the last few days, I watched a little bit of NBA Summer League. Yep, I watched the Raptors. I watched. Uh, yes, I know. Where I watched going. their new boy, Mister Grady Dick, number one, <laughs> right over there, and it made me think. Like the NHL always does their prospect tournaments or rookie tournaments. Yeah, you have like eight different tournaments. All over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, the NBA has summer league. Why doesn't the the NHL have a rookie league? One spot or even a couple of spots, like you have an East Hub, a West Hub. Really good, and the production value in these rookie tournaments. I hate to say it, quite garbage. At times, you tried to watch Traverse City with the Leafs last year. Mm-hmm. That was brutal. Um, like, do something that's going to appeal to your fans right i understand in some cases these rookie tournaments are good for you know teams to evaluate their their rookies or prospects why not make this something that can actually be marketable for your league where there's no hockey those who want that hockey fix in september before your training camp like just like the nba is doing right now you can have it even earlier you know these guys someone are saying well these guys want to have their summer off you don't tell me that you don't think that some guys right now are training or like they just had development camp a few weeks. How ago. many times have the Leafs been fined for <laughs> opening their facility and allowing a Nick Robertson or whoever to come into the city and skate and they get trouble for it because someone goes, Well, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, let them do it, market it, make it something, make it special. Hell, make an East and West hub and let them battle each other and whoever's the highest in the standings at the end, they play each other for the rookie cup. Bada boom, bada bing. You got something, you get a little swagger, a little moxie walking into the dressing room for training camp for these young guys who may have not had any confidence going into that because they're going up into a Sidney Crosby or Jenny Malkin or whoever, but you make it something, you make it special. People will watch because they'll get excited because it's your favorite logo, your favorite team, and the guys you just watched get drafted. You want like, to see these guys. Like for the Leafs, you can have an Easton Cowan. You can watch him in a Leafs uniform before the preseason. Like, well, even all the guys that we talk about, though, like tell me the average fan really knows who Toby Nemela is or Ronnie Hervin, and other than getting run over and trucked at yeah. development camp, you know, these you don't know these names unless yeah. you're like in the minutiae every day reading about them. Get some of these young goalies in there. Give them some repetition. Give them some time. Let them get some shine. It'd be fun. And if you want to sell it on the rookies, go and take them to a hot place. You got Florida. You tell me that you don't tell me the Panthers wouldn't love their stadium to be used right now if it's not being used. You tell me that there's not a team out out west that has a bar, or you go to a team, you go to a league that maybe is looking to host an NHL team mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. might have a rink available for them to use. Well, Here's the other wrinkle you can throw into all of this as well. You want to try new rules. You want to see how things work. You have this tournament going. You can throw that wrinkle in there and say, hey, 
we are going to play by these new rules. Let's see how it works. And then you have all of the NHL brass there watching as it goes down. So if you want to change up the way overtime is played, which has been a big topic lately of what they may do there. Perfect. Here's your chance. You want to eliminate this rule or try that rule or whatever it is. Perfect. New cameras, new pucks, new technology. Perfect time to do it right in front of everyone and people watching. So then you get the audience reaction as well. Hey, this didn't go well. We're not going to go there. Or, hey, this worked out wicked. Everybody loved this. Let's do it more. Why not? It seems like a missed opportunity. It does, and the NBA has had it for years. It's always done well. Media goes down there; they're covering it. I, I can't. It's you know, there's, sometimes there's just no bad thing as any type of publicity is going to be good publicity. The league would love it. I've seen so many fans crave to watch that rookie tournament the Leafs are in every year. Oh, I see. Where's the link? Where's the link? Where can I find the link? Who's yeah. posting it? Who's sharing this? And last year, one of the games, it looked like it was on an iPad. Yeah. And the guy was just tilting the iPad left and right as they were going. Brutal. Brutal. Like, you want a good product? Look, the NBA has done it every single year. It's it's always a great time. Fans are in Vegas right now enjoying watching basketball, and also they're in Vegas in the summertime. Yeah. What else yeah. could you like? Oh, and by the way, that the three-letter word that's going around, the NBA, is in front focus for everyone. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. What does the NHL need right now? Well, a little bit of that in the summertime when nobody's talking about hockey. Yeah. Wow. Wouldn't it be great? And then there'd be things to talk about because, hey, who's going to make the rookie tournament? I don't know. Let's see who players are going to go. I don't know. Let's see who comes over. Oh, Matt Tave Mitchkov. Well, he's not playing right now in the KHL. Maybe he comes over and plays in the, the rookie tournament because they started it in the tail end of July. Wow. Wouldn't that be wicked? You know, just all those little wrinkles that could be added in that just, I don't know. Maybe fun is not in the National Hockey League's vocabulary. It's just the NHL just hasn't had the foresight like we do here at Locked on Leafs. Apparently it doesn't seem like it. It seems like they're always sitting on these right here. Always, always. That is the NHL right there. All right. Uh, I think that's how we're going to end the conversation. I think there's no better way to end the conversation. Uh, James, I'd like to thank you for hopping on the show. It was really much appreciated. No worries. So, can, for those who aren't following James or don't watch any of your stuff, where can they find your stuff? You can find it. Just search up Offside Hockey Talk for YouTube. On TikTok, it's Offside T-O-K. So Offside Talk. Uh, videos up there all the time. Uh, it's summertime, so it's a little bit slower. But Twitter, you see the handle there, Offside Talk. And, uh, yeah, you can always find me jumping in David Morsuti's comments and Locked on Leafs because I love the guys. Make sure you check them out. It's a grind to do it every single day. So mad respect there. Uh, we do it twice a week. Usually for our show, summertime is once a week. But, uh, yeah, appreciate you having me on. Love the show, and I'll always be listening. I have to listen to this one, though, because there's someone I know on it. <laughs> Apparently. You have to tell all your friends and family to make sure they listen to as well. There we go. No, it's already been in the group chats. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Well, the one thing, James, for joining on. So make sure you go and follow uh, the Locked On Leafs podcast. Make sure you follow James podcast as well. We're always looking to keep that Leafs conversation going. We are going to be moving it three days a week. Apparently, I get a little bit of a breather. I don't have to do this five days a week. Three days a week now starting next week, but I will make sure to continue to have that great Leafs talk. And look, we might have news. If there's news, I'll be on to talk about it. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.